Hey, welcome back to Well, That's Interesting. The Sounds Impossible How in the Holy Hell edition. <laughs> Today is episode 137, When It Rained for Two Million Years on Earth. Yeah. And Extinct Rhino-Sized Turtle Found in Spain. I know. Today, my friends, is simply epic. I really have no other way to describe what the hell we're about to cover, and I think by the end of the show, you'll fucking agree. In the first half of the episode, we'll be traveling hundreds of millions of years back in time to help solve a modern mystery. For you see, geologists have been puzzled as to why and how some rather unusual layers of sediment can be found practically worldwide. They're made of the same material and show up at the same depth, suggesting they formed at the same time. So what event could have taken place that affected not one geographical area, but the whole goddamn world? Yeah, my friends, as you could tell by the title of today's show, sure, it's pretty fucking amazing to hear the earth got soaked for an unimaginable period of time, but you won't believe how it got started, and most of all, the consequences of that rainfall. Holy shit. Let's just say it triggered the rise of some very big, very toothy, very famous residents. I'm so excited about this. And um, speaking of which, after the break, we'll be sticking with very big creatures. Um, if you're a longtime member of the flock, you know when we're not poking around some holes... <laughs> or rocking in the fetal position while attempting to comprehend the size of our universe, we love a big fucking creature. I mean, humongous penguins? You bet we covered that just a few episodes ago. Uh, how about gigantic fish, occasional, occasionally on meth? Yeah, we covered that too, and fuck, I love them to bits. And today, we're going to talk about one of the largest goddamn turtles to ever exist. And my friends... Its proportions are terrifying, and I cannot wait to, to just dive into the sheer unbelievableness of it all. And I don't think unbelievableness is a word, but it is now. Anyway, I'm Jill Chacha. And if this is your first time listening, welcome to the flock, my insignificant but beautiful business goose. I think we should begin. Let's begin today's show, and to do so, I'm going to need you to charge up your favorite time machine and boogie on back to the 1970s and the aerosol 80s. For two decades, year after year, different bell-bottom geologists from around the world were making similar discoveries. Let's start in the Eastern Alps, which is a huge section of Europe. Uh, these mountains run through eastern parts of Switzerland, all of Liechtenstein, and most of Austria. They dabble through southern Germany, north like northeast and west Italy, and a good portion of northern Slovenia, in some a good fucking distance. Now, back in 1973, a German team published their findings after digging around this range, and they reported that a thin layer of siliclastic sedimentation ran throughout. Now, what the fuck is siliclastic sedimentation? I know you're asking this. I have no fucking clue what it was. I don't even know if I'm saying it correctly, but I did give it a Google, and here's what I found. According to earthahome.org, siliclastic sedimentation is composed primarily of silicate materials, which is not very helpful, um, but it's like stuff like quartz or feldspar. 
And at some point, it had broken away from older, pre-existing, igneous, metamorphic, or sedimentary rocks. The key word here that you have to take away from this is that it broke away. So please, put a pin in that. Now, let's leave the soaring Alps, the soaring, the soaring view of the Alps, I should say. Let's leave the Alps for the UK. Here we find geologist and forensic scientist Alastair Ruffel. But this time, it's the mid-1980s. As reported by Michael Marshall for Nature magazine, quite, Alastair could see there was something odd about the rocks near his childhood home in Somerset. The deposits hail from the Triassic period, more than 200 million years ago, and most are a dull orange-red, signifying that they were formed when the region was a parched landscape just baked by the sun. Nothing strange here. But outcrops on Somerset's Hill have a thin stripe of gray running through the heart of the red stone. End quote. Now, at the time of the discovery, young Alistair was a PhD student doing PhD things to get that PhD degree and held off on figuring out why this random ass band of sedimentation seemingly just appeared out of nowhere. He had a hankering. It was caused by rainfall or intense weather, but left it at that. It wasn't until 1987 when Alistair made nerd friends with, quote, another young scientist, paleontologist Michael Sims. During his postdoctoral studies, Sim had discovered evidence of extinctions in the late Triassic during Alistair's mysterious what period? <laughs> I mean, that's an award-winning choice of words there. But anyway. Continuing the quote, in the late 1980s, the pair pushed the idea that the two findings were connected, but for years their results were dismissed. End quote from Michael Marshall for Nature magazine. Oh, my friends, that article for Nature was published in 2019, when finally, 32 years later, their mysterious wet period slash extinction hypothetical combo was found to be totally right. And this discovery is one of the most important geological discoveries ever, probably. We need to get into this. So please, join me, will you, with researchers from Bristol University, the University of Ferrara, Italy, of course, the University of Vienna, and the China University of Geosciences in Wuhan province. They agreed with Sims, yeah. Fossil evidence suggests that around 233 million years ago, about a third of all marine life died. Just one third. Gone. Certain land animals and plants did no better. We're talking thousands of species that just didn't make it. My friends, between 232 and 234 million years ago, death was everywhere. And geologically speaking, that, that window, that's really small. It's just two million years. So you may be asking, what in the holy hell could kill off so many things? And what the fuck is with this sediment shit you keep talking about? Well, my friends, that sediment is evidence of rain. A fucking lot of it. Two million years of it. And thanks to Jacopo Dal Corso of China University of Geosciences, we now know what the hell prompted such a devastating weather pattern. 
quote. The period, known as the Carnian Pluvial Event, or, the, or even the Carnian Crisis, has since been seen in rocks from around the world. The cause of the unusual amount of rainfall appears to be the result of a massive increase in humidity, possibly due to a gigantic volcanic eruption of the Rang Rangelia? Yeah. Rangelia Large Igneous Province, running from south-central Alaska along the coast of British Columbia. Uh, that was a lot. So side note, I looked it up, and the distance between south-central Alaska and the coast of British Columbia is basically over a thousand miles, which means that's a lot of fucking volcanoes. That's so many volcanoes, y'all. Anyway, let's continue the quote. The eruptions peaked in the Carnian. Jacobo del Corso told the blog Everything Dinosaur, which is adorable. Quote, I was studying the ge geochemical signature of the eruptions a few years ago and identified some massive effects in the atmosphere worldwide. The eruptions were so huge, they pumped vast amounts of green greenhouse gases like carbon dioxide, and there were spikes of global warming. End quote. And all of that was reported by iflscience.com. So... My friends, you know, I'm going to need you to sit the fuck down because I'm going to pull all of this together and I'm about to drop a bomb on you, okay? <clears throat> Picture it. The late Triassic, 230 million years ago, land masses were all connected, forming the Pangaea, okay? Now the climate was hot and dry. There were no flowers, grasses, or birds. There were certainly no mammals. But on one fine day, 232 million years ago, the Earth let one go. <laughs> it's the best way I could describe it. <laughs> and I'm not sorry. An eruption that occurred, the, the eruption was so colossal, it changed the weather for the next two million years. And that's not all, not by a long shot. Quote, as the seas heated during this period, reaching the temperature of hot soup, paleo-environmentalist researcher Paul Wignall told New Scientist, more moisture would have been above it, making for more monsoons and more heavy rainfall on land. The humid wet period was not great for life. One study published in the Journal of Geological Study, I'm sorry, of the... <laughs> Delete, delete, delete. One study published in the Journal of the Geological Society painted as a time when volcanic eruptions generated acid rain and greenhouse gases, which in turn led to extinctions by shock warming, stripping of vegetation and soil on land, and ocean anoxia and acidification. Just bad. Species were wiped out by the event. But after it was over... There were clear winners, end quote, from IFL Science. Now, my friends, this new environment led to the rise of the dinosaurs. I know. I know. This is what did it. This is where they came from. 245 million years ago, dinosaurs were small and bipedal. They, the world was actually covered in reptiles called Cruotarsons. I think I'm saying that right. And anyway, reptiles rule the world and dinosaurs were these just tiny insignificant things. But by the end of this clusterfuck of rain, several major and much bigger groups 
of dinosaurs had evolved and emerged, emerged victorious. Uh, one group, incur- including the massive horned legends, including the uh, Stegosaurus and Triceratops, made their debut. Another included, another included the long-necked species, such as the Brachiosaurus, and theropods, like the Tyrannosaurus rex, and fucking birds. Birds, all caps, birds, my friends. Birds came from this event. In sum, my friends, the changeover from reptiles to the dinos we know, fear, and love today, that change only took four million years, kicking off with two million years of rain. Now, after that insanely quick rise to the top, the dinosaurs ruled the world for another 150 million years. Then something else happened. (laughs) But that equally random catastrophe is for another episode. After the break, how do you like your turtles? Staggering and gigantic? Fucking great, because you'll be thrilled to fucking hear one of the largest turtles, one of them, of all time, has been found. Its size is surprising, uh, and so is the location that it called home. So please, stay tuned. There are really many reasons to listen to our podcast, Big Picture Science. It's kind of a challenge to summarize them all, Molly. Okay, here's a reason to listen to our show, Big Picture Science, because you love to be surprised by science news. We love to be surprised by science news. So, for instance, I learned on our own show that I had been driving around with precious metals in my truck before it was stolen. That was brought up in our show about precious metals and also rare metals, like most of the things in your catalytic converter. I was surprised to learn that we may begin naming heat waves like we do hurricanes. You know, prepare yourself for heat wave Lucifer. I don't think I can prepare myself for that. Look, we like surprising our listeners. We like surprising ourselves by reporting new developments in science and while asking the big picture questions about why they matter and how they will affect our lives today and in the future. Well, we can't affect lives in the past, right? No, I I guess that's a point. So the podcast is called Big Picture Science, and you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts. We are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us. We hope you'll take a listen. We're the All Creatures Podcast. Each week, Angie and I explore and share amazing details about the many animals we share our world with. Plus, Chris and I are both PhD scientists and educators. So we do the deep dives in the scientific research and then come back and share what we learn in a fun and casual way. We also speak with other scientists, animal experts, activists, and many other conservation enthusiasts from all over the planet. So you can find the All Creatures Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, Jill Chacha here from Well That's Interesting, and I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it, I love it, and it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms. So when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones. <laughs> You get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? 
Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please, stay interesting. 20th Century Studios presents Vacation Friends 2. Now streaming only on Hulu. Look at us all together again. We just wanted to give you guys a real honeymoon. Shots! 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 Now streaming. He was just released from jail. Where can I get a drink around here? Back on vacation. This place is nice. It's drug lord nice. I'm sorry, drug lord nice? With more baggage. Ever since he showed up, he turned this relaxing vacation into total chaos. Who does that? Vacation Friends 2. Rated R. Now streaming only on Hulu. And we're back. We are so back. And my friends, I'm going to need you to grab your sunscreen and a thong because we're heading on over to the Cal Torada's locality in northeastern Spain. Yeah, we're going to have to hug that gorgeous coastline just for a bit. And I'm going to need you to prepare for what was published in the November 2022 issue of Scientific Reports. Now, the title of the paper is a gem, and it's a great way to introduce our brand new best friend. She's, quote, a gigantic, bizarre marine turtle from the middle Campion or late Cretaceous of southwestern Europe, end quote. And I think we need to get to know her a little bit more. What do you say? Great. Well, just a few lifetimes ago, between uh, 2016 and 2021, Angel H. Luhan and Albert Sellis and colleagues were butt cheeks deep in an excavation taking place within Cal Torradas. Now, if you head on over to our social media stuffs and swipe through this episode's post, uh, you're going to see a photo of what stopped these beloved nerds in their tracks. Take a look. Okay, I have it up here. And uh, to me, it looks like a pointy collection of gray and white rocks. But nay, 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 that's not what it is at all. Uh, what they found were fossils. These were fossils which consisted of a fragmented but nearly complete pelvis, along with parts of a carapace, which is a fancy-ass word for the upper shell of a turtle. Angel and Albert painstakingly cleaned and collected these pieces, probably just having the time of their goddamn lives, and when that puzzle was assembled... <laughs> well, fucking get this. Judging by the size of the pelvis, this new species, by the way, probably grew to at least 13 feet or 4 meters in length, and it may have weighed about 3 tons. This is a turtle, everyone. Now, to put this turtle's heft <laughs> into perspective, uh, the Daily Mail, of all places, actually made an awesome graph. So please come on by our social media stuffs and please take a look at this graph. I'm looking at it right now, and I... <laughs> I swear to God, it shocks me every time how big this fucking turtle is. This absolute unit um, is nearly as long as a great white, which clocks in at 16 feet, and it could have almost locked a giraffe in the eye, just staring it down, and giraffes clocking at 19 feet. Again, this baby is 13 feet long. It's big. Now, researchers from Universitat uh, Auto... Not, I'm not making this up. This is actually real. <laughs> I know it sounds like I'm totally pulling this out of my ass. But <laughs> from researchers from Universitat uh, Autonoma de Barcelona have aptly named this beast uh, Leviathanochilis ignigmiatica. Oh, I fucking nailed that. God. Yeah. So... 
if parts of that name sounded familiar, you're absolutely right. Uh, it's named after the biblical marine beast, Leviathan, which was actually a sea serpent, and the latter part is Greek for enigma, or something that's downright puzzling. And we need to get into this part a little more. Now first, we do know one thing, we know the size of this turtle. She's 13 feet long and lived between 83 to 72 million years ago. 83 to 72 million years. So it had a great run, for sure. But here are a few strange things about it. Quote, one distinctive feature that set the Leviathan apart was a bone protruding forwards from the front of the pelvis, which the researchers believe may have been related to the respiratory system. Speaking to the Daily Mail, Dr. Luhan said, the pelvis is the main attachment point of the bones and muscles of the posterior or the rear or hind part of the body. Because of that, the shape of the pelvic gird has a great impact on how the animal will move or live. Uh, for instance, the pelvis of the Leviathan is relatively wider than that of Archelian, which suggests that there is more surface to it, uh, that, sorry, which suggests that there is more surface to attach the abdominal muscles. Or in other words, the abdominal muscles of Leviathan were portionally larger than that of Archelian, end quote. Okay, I know what you're thinking. What the fuck is Archelian? You're throwing in another character right now? I already can't keep track. Oh, I'm glad you caught that. Leviathan may be huge as fuck, but Archelian, brace yourself, is the largest turtle to have ever lived so far. Now, both lived at the same time. However, Archelian was a smidge longer, clocking in at 15 feet. Uh, now, although your average Archelian was slightly bigger, Leviathan was stockier. And that may have had to do with its chest and respiratory system, which could have impacted how long it could swim underwater. Dr. Luhan went on to explain to the Daily Mail, quote, this new species possesses a couple of bony bulges in the front side of its pelvis that we speculate could serve as an additional ankle point for the muscles controlling abdominal contraction and could participate in functions related to the respiratory system. For instance, some animals that inhabit the water column, not near the bottom or the shore of open oceans, show a modification in their respiratory system, intending to maximize their breathing capacity at high depths. In some, Based on the pelvis morphology, we suggest that Leviathan could have had a pelagic lifestyle. Mm. <laughs> anyway, end quote, what the fuck is pelagic lifestyle? That's, that's a good question. Um, I looked it up and it turns out, I mentioned it just a second ago. Uh, those are animals that live and migrate in the ocean's sweet spot, uh, not at the very bottom, nor close to shore, just out there in the sweet, sweet middle vastness of it all. So it was big and broad-chested. And get this, it absolutely dwarfed any of its extinct turtle neighbors who also lived in what we now call Europe. This too took researchers by surprise. For you see, other turtles of this region were on average just, just under five feet in length or 1.5 meters. Again, this turtle is nearly three times that size. Researchers told LiveScience.com, quote, to date, it was thought that the largest marine turtles to ever sail the oceans, such as Archelian, were restricted to North America during the Cretaceous. 
The discovery of this new gigantic and bizarre turtle from the middle Campion marine time uh, in the southern Pyrenees sheds a light on the diversity of marine turtles and, and how the phenomenon of gigantism in these groups was also occurring in Europe. End quote. So, surprise, surprise. Look, they may not have been teenage or mutant, but colossally sized turtles were way more prevalent than we originally thought. Like, we have a lot more digging to do, which means there may be even bigger beasts out there. So please, watch this terrifying and awesome fucking space. I will definitely keep you updated. Uh, And thank you for listening, rating, subscribing, telling your friends about one of the largest turtles to ever exist, just 13 feet tall. You know, and when it rained for two million years straight. And that gave us birds. <laughs> I mean, that sounds insane, but that's this show. And please, stay interesting.